0: namaste everyone this is Baba Shivaram Sarasvaji and you're listening to a series of my teachings on 112 sutras of Vigana by Rava Tantra uh, this is a document very ancient document the first written version probably dates to around eight, the year 800 of the common era however uh, it undoubtedly, it existed for a very long time before that being handed down verbally. So this is uh, this is a, a tradition, a tantra uh, that goes way back into the the primal Shaivism uh, that, that predates uh, what we think of as modern Hinduism, Kash- Kashmiri Shaivism. Um, the the Sutras take the form of a conversation between uh, Shiva, Lord Shiva, and his wife uh, Parvati. Shiva is appears in the form of Bhairava, a dark form of Shiva, and Parvati appears at, in the form of Devi or uh, mother goddess, feminine divine, and masculine divine for Shiva um, so this is a document we when we study a, a scripture uh, there's universal w- wisdom to be be harvested there uh but we need to understand we need to read the script the scripture in its in its context uh not so much historically but in, in the context of the tradition from which it arose uh, in this case as i said the tradition is Kashmiri Shaivism uh, and we have a. The document as a whole is a collection of, uh, 112 paths to moksha or enlightenment or self-realization, depending on your perspective. Um, uh, there, there are as many paths. We've we've all heard that there are as many paths to the divine as there are seekers of the divine. So here are. Uh, 112 steps on, on one of those paths. And interestingly enough, uh, these sutras stand, they're, they're in a sequence, and we'll present them in a sequence, but these sutra, sutras are very profound and kind of self-contained. So you can take one of these and meditate on it for a, a day, a week, even a month, and continue to derive benefit from the meditation Um, so before we begin let's briefly review the most important uh, concept of all what I believe to be the essence of Tantra and here it is all beings are manifestations of divine consciousness living in varying uh, states or levels of ignorance of their true nature we are one always and inherently uh, but we don't always realize that. Um, in earliest, the earliest stages of spiritual evolution, we're plagued with the ignorance uh, that we exist in and of ourselves for ourselves. And the spiritual path, certainly the path of Tantra, uh, means moving from that particular misguided, misunderstood, ignorant perspective To the fuller truth that we exist uh, of and with and for each other. We are one, all beings. Um, So, moksha in in, in non dual Shaiva Tantra is largely uh, a process of shedding false self, shedding ignorance of divine nature. and and that means also uh, shedding the filters that we place on perception. Am I looking at this rose as it is, or am I looking at what this rose means to me? Am I interpreting it rather than experiencing it? Um, in advanced non-dual Shaiva Tantra, you have um, uh, practices that, that are almost Zen-like in terms of being hyper focused on the present moment, just experiencing it without a filter, without interpretation, uh, and reaching union with the, from the non dual Shaiva uh, Tantra perspective, reaching union with the divine just simply by being completely a, a pure perceiver of, of, of that which is there to be perceived uh, without interpretation. So, with that, we will begin our study of the of the Tantras. Uh, please email me at shiv.baba.sadu at gmail.com with any questions uh, or any comments that you have on the show. I it is my my certainly my my hope that every listener. Can get an exposure to and a benefit from these sacred uh, threads and weave these sutras into the fabric of their everyday lives. That's that's I think the goal that we're shooting for. We're gonna infuse the mundane with the, with the heightened perception of the presence
1: of the divine in even the most mundane. Om namah shivaya. Well, here we are. Up until this point, we've been reviewing
0: the banter between Lord Shiva and his beautiful, young, very wise wife, Parvati. And they've just been engaging in a conversation. Uh, All of this uh, as a a means to introduce us, the, the reader, the meditator, Uh, to the context in which uh, these spiritual paths uh, can be placed. So up until this point, uh, we've covered, just in the conversation between Lord Shiva and Parvati, we've covered uh, tantric cosmology, uh, we've we've covered uh, Lord Shiva's guidance on how we should view the scriptures and how we should use those as a tool, in spiritual growth, um, and we've heard a whole lot about the the nature of Lord Shiva in manifestation, and the nature of Parvati in manifestation, both here in manifestation in duality with us, having come to to this this realm to Samsara um, as as guides and 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 teachers and coaches and as well as objects of love and devotion and worship uh, and adoration, here they are manifesting in a more in a, in an anthropomorphic a human like form because they know that that's what we relate to very well right so Lord Shiva could have manifested in any, any number of forms. That's why we, we always hear about uh, the different faces of Shiva. Or we speak of Golinath of, uh, uh, or Vairava. But these are aspects of Shiva in anthropomorphic manifestation here in duality, right? He could have chosen any forms, but the forms that, that Lord Shiva did choose to interface with us are based on uh, manifesting to us in a way we can understand. So all of this has been covered, and if you missed it, go to go to Spotify to Shiv Baba Dharma Talk, and it'll have all of the pr- prior shows, and you can get caught up. Now <coughs> here that brings us to the present.
1: Uh, Poverty is going to, to,
0: to ask Lord Shiva uh, to reveal the paths to moksha. And she's going to do it in a very beautiful way. So this is the very last two verses of the banter section of the Vigana Bhairava Tantra. She who, si- she who shines everywhere sings You who hold the mysteries in your hand of will, knowledge, and action, reveal to me this path of illumined knowing. I long to merge with you. Be filled with your nourishing essence. Lead me into joyous union with the life of the universe that I may know it fully, realize it deeply, and breathe in luminous truth. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know that Babaji has uh, perhaps a sometimes annoying habit of, of, of employing the old pedantic device of just repeating something for emphasis, rereading that special verse. But I promise you I only do it when it's something that's absolutely of the greatest value and, and I don't want anybody to miss this that possibly can get it so here we go with the reread she who shines everywhere sings you who hold the mysteries in your hand of will knowledge and action reveal to me this path of illumined knowing so she's asking lord shiva now we know that parvati is a goddess in her own right, fully equal with Shiva, and she knows all of these, she knows exactly all of the answers to these questions. But she's acting as an interviewer of Lord Shiva. She's interviewing Lord Shiva, asking him the questions that we would ask Lord Shiva if we knew how to ask them. Reveal to me this path of knowing, So we have, depending on how you number them, 112 or 114 paths to moksha. We're going to be covering one a week from now on. We're through the introductory part. 112 paths to moksha, any one of which will take you all the way to moksha. So if we study 112 of them, surely we're going to get a really solid idea of the, you know, the core set of attitudes and actions and, and, and karma circumstance that lead to, to moksha. We're going to be able to see the commonality in all 112 paths. And somewhere within each of us, when we've completed this study of 112 paths, within each of us, there will be a critical synthesis of the 112 paths to moksha that will become, if we have any, if we, but, but, but persist, will become our own path to moksha. A synthesis of our own experiences of the divine
1: and these 112 Past to moksha. These are, as,
0: as with all tantras, these are threads that we're going to weave into mundane daily life. Because in tantra, well, I, I guess if you go to the local bookstore and look at all the books with tantra in them, it looks like a pretty, a pretty jazzy, exciting kind of a path. But however, at its heart, at its heart, this is the power of the Tantra in the Kali Yuga, in this dark age. At its heart, the Tantra is infinitely portable, infinitely adaptable. It's a th- these are threads that we interweave into our consciousness, the fabric of our consciousness. These are threads that we interweave into the fabric of everyday
1: life. That's incredibly powerful. Oh, is it? Think about this. What if you
0: can't afford a plane ticket to Tibet? Or, 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 or and I'm not saying these aren't wonderful holy places. I would never discourage pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, but surely Lord Shiva has made provision for those without the resources to make a, a global spiritual trek. what Are they left behind? Are they left out? No. No. Because the tantras, you don't need any money. You don't need any social influence. You don't, have, you don't even need any freedom. You can be a prisoner and apply the tantras and achieve moksha. This is infinitely portable. There is is no entry price to the tantras. There is no conversion. You simply begin to take the truths of these ancient scriptures and of your teachers and of your own experience and apply them, weave them into your mundane life. If you work in a factory, if you work in a field, if you work in an office, if you work in a classroom, if you work in a police car, if you work in a, 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 a jet bomber in some, some air force, the tantras are available to everyone. So that's why I've chosen to go through these 112 paths to moksha, because we're going to come away from this firmly convinced that whatever our life circumstances are right now, we can begin to implement these truths. And when we do, our karma is going to sweeten. And when our karma sweetens, our circumstances are going to improve. I've seen it. I've just seen it too many times in too many lives. It's a fact for me. And it will be for you too. So
1: Parvati says, Reveal to me this
0: path of knowing. I long to merge with you and be filled with your nourishing essence. Lead me into joyous union with the life of the universe that I may know it fully, realize it deeply, and breathe in luminous truth joyous union with the life of the universe that she there's our there's our our clue right we know that's what each of these 112 114 paths that's where they all that's where they all lead joyous union
1: with the life of the universe so here we are number 1 The one who is intimate to all
0: beings replies. So this is Shiva replying to Parvati. The one who is intimate to all beings replies, Beloved, your questions require the answers that come through direct living experience. The way of experience begins with a breath. Such as the breath you are breathing now. Awakening into luminous reality may dawn in the momentary throb between any two breaths. Exhaling, breath is released and flows out. There is a pulse as it turns to flow in. In that turn, You are empty. Enter that emptiness as the source of all life. Inhaling, breath flows in, filling, nourishing. Just as it turns to flow out, there is a flash
1: of pure joy. Life is renewed. Now, my beloved producer, as we were planning this this
0: series, um, not questioning the wisdom, but just curious as uh, as to why I would say such a thing, uh, she said, "Well, wh- we're going to d- devote one show to to each one of these paths," and I said, "Oh, absolutely, because to the yogi, and and this is." In the tradition, these are these are savored and and meditated upon at the rate of maybe one a week or even one a month because there's so much in these. So, to spend a half hour, forty five minutes, or even an hour on each of these really is going to require a limited treatment of each one um, because we we need to go through these very, very meticulously and encounter the text on its own
1: territory and see what wakes up in us as we study this. The
0: one who is intimate to all beings replies, Beloved, your questions require the answers that come through direct living experience.
1: So, Lord Shiva, Lord Shiva saying, think about this for a moment.
0: Lord Shiva is saying uh, to to Parvati, the answers to these questions can only be sought in your personal
1: experience. Um, Boy, you know, if I were setting up a religion. Uh, Can you imagine saying, oh yeah, by the way,
0: uh, rule number one, I'm going to put this right up front here, rule number one is that this entire process is subjective and relative to each seeker of God and uh, the best we can do is to provide templates that have worked before. You don't have much of an iron grip on your believers at that point, do you? You're not much of an authority that's going to make decisions for them at that point. You can't demand, uh, you can't demand anything of your followers because you're telling them, uh, really, as a religious person, I'm completely peripheral to the process of you achieving Moksha, completely peripheral. Can't cause it, can't prevent it. Hopefully can facilitate it to some extent. But if you're a Baba, a sincere Baba, I think that's your message to anyone who's willing to listen to you, is that uh, moksha is not probably going to involve imitating the Baba. Uh, Moksha can't come from the words of the Baba. It's all going to be, it's a subjective path. And it's something that um, it can be facilitated by teachers, but it can't be accomplished by teachers. Beloved, your questions require the answers that come through direct living experience. So if I'm tantric and I'm studying the scriptures, What am I doing? I think I'm I'm gathering a catalog of phenomena to watch for as I'm accruing living experience. And I can see it and say, ah, okay, now then. uh, I've put on 20 pounds. It looks like I've developed an attachment to food. Or, uh, you know, I've been drinking whiskey every night after work. And I, if I don't do it, it, it just ruins the evening. I've developed an attachment, right? Or, or I'm not going to, I can't do my retail therapy.
1: That's an attachment. All of this stuff. Um, but I learned about I, I learned from the scriptures about attachments, but I didn't, I didn't really
0: understand attachment until I saw it in my daily life in whatever form, you know, the attachment can take a billion different forms. Um, I, I knew one lady, a very nice person, who developed an attachment uh, to knitting, a ferocious attachment to knitting, and it didn't cause dysfunction or, or, or you know, unhappiness, but she was getting dopamine surges by buying yarn. And we've all, everybody has experienced that. There's everybody listening. They have something that causes the dopamine surge. It's something they like. Going to a particular restaurant, a certain kind of wine, a certain kind of music, whatever. And all of this is terrific if there isn't uh, attachment, uh, you know, which turns something, attachment turns something pleasant into something Uh, that enslaves you and and is ultimately miserable. So, beloved, your questions require the answers that come through direct living experience. Then Lord Shiva continues, the way of experience begins with a breath. Such
1: is the breath you are breathing right now. That was Babaji taking a breath. I want to be in sync with the the instructions here.
0: And he said, right now. He didn't say, later on, if I remember it. He said, right now. So here it is. Such as the breath, the the way of experience
1: begins with a breath. Such as the breath, you are breathing now. Awakening into luminous reality may dawn
0: in the momentary momentary throb
1: between any two breaths. The momentary throb between
0: any two breaths. Exhaling, breath is released and flows out. There is a pulse
1: as it turns to flow in. In that turn, you are empty. Enter
0: that emptiness as the source of all life.
1: Now, wait a minute. Enter that emptiness as the source of all life. Well, let's try it. Uh, Inhale, and then exhale. There is a pulse as it turns to flow in. In that turn, you're empty. Enter that emptiness as the source of all life Now, clearly, these are some prana uh, prana yoga
0: practice the instructions that were being given explicitly,
1: right? Um, And they work. You don't have to understand exactly
0: what he's talking about. Just do it. Practice the exhale, the inhale. Think about Lord Shiva. Think about what your your guru, right? Lord Shiva is pointing out to you through this, this tantra. What's going on at that, at that point where you've exhaled and your lungs are completely empty
1: before you draw the next breath in? Watch what happens at that moment
0: and do it again and again and again in silence. Inhaling, breath flows in, filling, nourishing.
1: Just as it turns to flow out there is a flash of pure joy. Life is renewed.
0: Again, we can use these as explicit breath exercises.
1: And they're going to focus consciousness in a wonderful way. And this is a direct path to moksha.
0: If you just fill the prescription as written, do what it says, keep doing it, you'll get to moksha. But with all of these, with all of these threads that we can weave into daily life,
1: we've got to think about what circumstances we're going to practice them in. So my, my
0: favorite my favorite uh, application of breath based meditation is when some surprising news or information has come in that uh, is unwelcome or unwanted or shocking or unpleasant or sad or whatever. You're in duality, right? We have to attach these judgmental, these, these, uh, uh, dichotomous labels, good, bad, hot, cold, favorable, unfavorable. At any rate, when that news comes in, I've trained myself to take in a nice deep breath and right when, right when I've exhaled it and the lungs are devoid of air, I'll say my Shiva mantra very slowly, very deliberately, internally, nobody knows I'm doing it, and that's the best way I can think of of greeting any shocking news. But why, why would you, why would you meet Shiva in the emptiness between the the, the end of one breath and, and the beginning of the next? Because that is Shiva. He's the constant transformation of what was into what will be. I'm highly biased and and certainly uh, acknowledge that, but from my perspective, being a devotee of Lord Shiva is primarily characterized by looking at apparent chaos, looking at things that are terrifying, looking at fear itself, and redefining fear as exhilaration. Because we all have uh, the most the most isolated monk is going to have uh, adverse circumstances that are sprung upon him or her even the sadhu in the forest is going to have adverse weather or uh, got bit by a snake or uh sadhus are bound by karma until the very end of the process so they have problems too how do they encounter, how do they, how do they, they look at the, at the terrifying stuff? How do they handle the fear of being in the cremation grounds, the Agori Sadhus overnight, night after night, chanting? Because the fear is transformed by Lord Shiva into a feeling of exhilaration. Now, I don't believe that extends to placing yourself uh, intentionally into dangerous situations mostly because they're a dangerous situation, right? But as you're walking your
1: karmic path, when the scary stuff comes, find Shiva in that moment
0: when life has knocked the breath out of you. I think that's the metaphorical lesson in this particular lesson, and the prana the prana exercises beautiful. do them again and again and again. They have value each of those these though, when we study them, we're going to find that they have uh, a very literal meaning, and then there's going to be a metaphor attached that we can also benefit from. So we want to look at both because they're both highly valuable. so I'll wrap up this particular. Show uh, on number one. The
1: Next show will be uh, number two, and uh,
0: may may the full blessings of of the God of the Gods, from whose sacred matted locks the Ganges flows,
1: be upon all of you. May you be enlightened and protected and comforted. Om Namah Shabbat.